we are beginning our new sermon series for the new year. And um, our, our theme for this year is, is uh, our life, God's story. What does our life mean in terms of God's story? And, and today our sermon series that we're beginning is, um, and that we're going to be, be learning and talking about and discussing over the next seven weeks are the seven values that matter to McKnight Crossings. And you can see those seven values up here that we hope that we can see as building blocks for all that God is doing and is going to be doing this year. Um, we want decisions to come out of, out of these key values. And, um, and, and the actions and the activities that we do, and as different people share what God has placed on their hearts, we, we hope that these desires are also um, in your life as well and, and coming out today. Um, you know, I want you to realize that you, know, you look at some of, those, some of those things on the side there, and, and they, are, they are not um, simple things to talk about. Uh, I don't want you to think that in 20 to 25 minutes that I'm going to let you know about everything um, spirit-led, uh, that spirit-led means. Or whenever I speak on diversity in a few weeks, that, that I'm going to be able to shed light on everything there is to know about diversity. That will not happen. Um, these, are, these are stepping blocks. These are, are building blocks. It's almost like a, a trailer, a preview of, of what's going to be coming for the rest of this year. So to start off this series, I want to share why we, as a church, as families, as believers, should be spirit-led, prayerfully following the direction of God. <clears throat> Over the past few weeks, I've really grown to, uh, to dislike somebody, um, Usually, hopefully, it goes the other way around, but as the more that I've, I've looked into preparing for this lesson, and the more that I've, I've learned about him, I, the more I've grown to, to really dislike Jonah. Um, most of you, um, you know, maybe you've heard, if you talk to any of our kids that have been in Bible lessons, uh, you know, at all up in kids' worship, maybe they, they could tell you a little bit about Jonah. Um, so what is most readily associated with Jonah? A whale, right? Big fish. Bible does not say whale. I learned that growing up in Bible class, was, was uh, you know, instructed of that many times. The Bible says a great fish. Yes, that is what we first associate with, with Jonah, as a big fish. And um, the big fish is talked about in three of the 47 verses in Jonah. Um, Jonah's a very short book, uh, so the story of Jonah is not the fish. The story of Jonah is not the fish. So let's talk about Jonah a little bit. Um, Jonah is a prophet, and we see at the very beginning that um, he heard from, from God that he wanted Jonah to go to the great city of Nineveh. And preach uh, against it because of the wickedness that had been coming from the city. And Nineveh was brutal. Nineveh was known for its, um, its harshness towards people that they really didn't like. And they were one of the great enemies of Israel at the time. So Jonah was not too fond of the idea of going to Nineveh. Jonah 
Jonah split. He got out of Dodge and, and tried to go away. He got on a ship um, sailing for Tarshish. And Tarshish is not like you're in St. Louis and you're going to go over to um, Kansas City. He tried to go to the opposite edge of the known world. He, Tarshish is, is believed to have been on the far west side of the Mediterranean Sea. He was trying to get away from God. It did not make God extremely happy uh, that Jonah was trying to run away from him. I mean, think about it. He was a prophet, God's messenger. And Jonah um, still tried to run from God. He knew God. He listened to God and, and conversed with him. So while he was running away, a huge storm came, and, and the, uh, the other people that were on the ship were terrified. I mean, waves like they hadn't seen before, and they drew lots to see who was causing all of this, you know, all the waves, all the, all the storm that was going on. And the lots fell on Jonah. So they looked at Jonah and said, who are you? Where are you from? And I can, I can just imagine Jonah as he was there. He knew what he had done. And, um, and these men were not sure who they were. It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, something about Jonah is there's really no other mention of anybody else's name in Jonah. Um, it talks about the king of Nineveh and these, and these people on the ship. It doesn't really say any other any other names, which, which leads some scholars to believe that this might be more like a, like a parable um, you know, of the Old Testament, sort of. But, but regardless, I believe the, the message of this story holds extremely true. So Jonah looks at them, and I can just imagine the, uh, you know, just hanging his head. I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And um, I'm the reason that all of this is happening. They hear that, and they toss him over the boat and out into the sea. And, and uh, the fish comes and swallows him up for three days, and he's in there. And, and um, one of the chapters in Jonah is about his thoughts while he's in the belly of this fish. And then the, uh, the fish threw him up onto dry land. Jonah then proceeds to go to Nineveh because he got the message. I think three days in a fish might do that. You know, you understand where, what God wants you to do. And he went to Nineveh, and he spoke a very, very short sermon. Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all he said. That's all that's recorded in here. I don't know how many times he said it. I mean, Nineveh, it, it describes Nineveh as a, as a huge city, seven days to cross. And, I mean, Nineveh's big. It's not, or three days to cross, but Nineveh's big. It's not, it's not really that big. But, I mean, maybe he, he went on a couple different corners and, uh, and shouted this message. And I, I, it's, it's what I'm trying to imagine is, was he just standing on the corner? Think about the people maybe in downtown St. Louis or, or some other streets that you've been on that might be holding up signs. Um, saying, you know, the end of the world is near. We've seen those, seen those memes or seen those pictures before. What is it that you would think if you heard somebody say that? That's all they said. Like I said, as far as we know. I'm imagining him yelling it, you know. 40 more days 
and Nineveh will be overthrown. My thought would I would probably be, I would probably just walk by and nod at the crazy man and keep going. Nineveh didn't do that. The Ninevites actually got word back to their king, and everybody, the city changed. The city turned from, from their ways. The Ninevites hear Jonah and turn from their evil ways. Word of this really short sermon spread throughout one of the largest cities at the time. And the king sent out a decree, and, and he basically said, <clears throat> uh, to mourn, uh, basically the, the king was mourning their actions in hope that the God of heaven would relent and have compassion. That's what this king of this brutal land sent a decree out saying. Let's all mourn together in hopes that the God of heaven will have compassion on us. And he did. God had compassion on them because he saw how they had turned from their evil ways. See, at the beginning of this story, you remember how Jonah ran from God. When I, was, when I was younger, I always thought he ran from God because he knew the type of people that Nineveh held. He knew who they were. He knew that they would skin people alive. He knew that they would you know, beat people, kill people. They were a bad bunch of people. That's not quite why Jonah ran. Jonah says to God, um, first of all, Jonah seemed very angry, became angry at God. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God. Slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending his calamity. Jonah wasn't afraid of the people of Nineveh. He wanted them to die. He wanted them to feel the wrath of God. He did not want to go there and preach because he knew God. He knew who God was. He had spent time with God. He knew that God was full of compassion. He knew that they would be saved, and he did not believe. Jonah did not believe that those people deserved God's grace. He wasn't afraid of the Ninevites. In fact, if anything, he was a little upset at the success of his short sermon. He was a little upset, a lot upset, mad at God at the success of a 30-second sermon. He knew God, and he knew what God was asking of him. He even knew that it would happen, and he still chose not to obey God. 
He didn't follow the direction of God. And that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? To be prayerfully following the direction of God. Saw a great example of, of how Jonah didn't do that because one of the hardest parts about following the direction of God is that so often it doesn't fit into what we want to do. It doesn't fit into how we seeing our world going. It doesn't fit into it doesn't fit into our story. When I first started as a youth minister, um, I was I was just part time. I was a teacher and. Uh, went up, we were in East Peoria, Illinois, and, um, you know, one of the big things then was, it might have even been a little bit before that, I'm always a little bit behind, but so it was WWJD bracelets. How many of y'all had one of those? Anybody in here had a WWJD bracelet? Okay. I am not saying that those are bad. I want you to hear that. I'm not saying those are bad. They're great reminders. I don't think that Jesus ever wanted us to ask what he would have done. I don't think he wanted us to think about what he would have done. See, I really wanted to show how much I wanted to know what Jesus would do because, man, I, I had like five of them on. I think I had like blue and red and black all on there. People knew I was thinking about Jesus. See, the idea of that question is great but I want to get into a little bit more of what Jesus was looking forward to for us. It says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. It's good for us that Jesus was going away. This is him talking to his disciples, uh, preparing them for Jesus leaving this earth. He said, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, if I go, I'll send him to you. It is for your good. Imagine that. It is good for us that Jesus isn't with us here physically. That's what he was telling his people. These men who had followed him. These men who were quite honestly afraid after Jesus had died. They went into hiding. See, they had forgotten what Jesus was trying to tell them. That he was sending something better. We've been entrusted with the Holy Spirit living in us. Not God with us, like Jesus was with them on this earth, but God in us. God living inside of us, an advocate, a counselor, a helper. I want you to listen to the power that the Holy Spirit has. Just a, just a few examples that we hear in Acts. In Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes and he is dwelling in those disciples. And when they speak, everybody from all different languages hear what they are saying and are amazed. Like, aren't these, aren't these men from Galilee? How are they speaking in my language? 
The Holy Spirit was with them, so they were speaking in all these languages, and they heard the word of God. 3,000 were baptized that day, took on Jesus' name. In Acts 4, the believers were, were praying. They're praying for boldness as they're, as they're getting ready to go out and speak to people about Jesus. And I love this. They were filled with the Holy Spirit after they were done, and the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God boldly. Talk about not being part of our plans. In in Acts chapter 8, we see Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. And as he's standing before the Sanhedrin, he's, he's stoned because of the messages that he was bringing, that the Spirit was, was leading him to bring. Imagine being one of those few men in that room. Jesus had come back, risen from the tomb, and then left again. Your task is to take the message of, of Jesus, the Savior, the good news, to the world. They were afraid. They didn't know what to do. They were hiding. And then the Spirit came. The Spirit came on them. The Spirit came in them. And that counselor, that advocate, that helper that Jesus was talking about, that would be better once he left, came to them. They were no longer sitting on the fence. They were no longer wondering what their mission was or what Jesus would do. They communed with the Spirit. They spent time with the Spirit. Before they went out, they prayed for boldness. They knew that God was not just with them, but that God was in them. I believe our problem today, my problem today, is that it is safer to plan and commit to following someday instead of today, instead of this day. God wants to see his children. He wants to see you stake everything on his power and his presence in your lives today. Living like we know the Holy Spirit is powerful and living in you. Praying like the Holy Spirit is going to move and work on our behalf. See, it's one thing to, to, to know it up here. It's a whole nother thing to live it as though that were true. This is what God is calling us to. God chooses to work through his people. You see, Jonah was invited to be a part of a big story that was broader and way more riskier than his vision. And that's usually our small view of life. See, God and us, sometimes we have 
competing views of what life should look like. Jonah, a very religious man, saw his vision of his life being challenged, and he ran. Jonah believed he was running for his life. And the irony is, is that he was running from life. He was running from a chance to participate in something, an unbelievable show of grace the world hadn't seen the enemies of of Israel turning and taking on God's name a movement of grace and Jonah ran from it he missed out because he wouldn't give up on his vision for his life yes he went he went and he spoke and he did what God wanted to And then he sat up on a hill and he looked at the city and he was mad at God and wished he would have died. That is not living through the Spirit. That is not taking, prayerfully taking on the direction of God. That's showing me that God has his story and he is going to get it done. He is inviting us to be a part of it. Not begrudgingly, but to get off the fence, to take it in, and to live a life that is worthy of the Spirit living inside of us. So we listen to the Spirit, we pray, we commune with the Spirit. Have you ever sat and just been been silent, waiting? For God to speak to you, it is difficult because it's not like us to sit and be still. We don't want to be still. I really don't like being still. And if I am still for too long, I fall asleep. Are you paying attention to what God is calling you to? He's inviting us to be a part of his unbelievable story, being led by the Holy Spirit. But we can't. Just listen. We have to do it. We have to take action. We must know God, praying to him, listening to the Holy Spirit, and then we must do. God is calling us into his story. We want to be a people that are spirit-led, prayerfully following following the direction of God. As we look at these seven key values that McKnight wants to, to build this foundation on, I, I want to I tell you that these, these words right here, being spirit-led, the next generation, family diversity, being adaptable, having a heart of generosity, being missional, these are not one-time things. See, these key values, instead of thinking of them like building blocks, I almost want you to think of them as weaving together. As we have different events throughout the year, as we have different ministries that we highlight, as we try to minister to the community around us, these are the things that we want to be thinking about. 
not one individually. Because we believe that if the Spirit is engaged in everything that we do, we are calling on Him that His voice won't grow silent. See, a big part of, of listening to the Spirit is understanding Him. We can listen to Him. Some, many of us have been to church our whole lives. And in the Church of Christ, we don't, I didn't grow up talking about the Spirit. I didn't know what that meant. Taking time to listen. But church, I want to invite you not to stop there. We must follow the direction of God. I'm going to invite Wole uh, to come up. Where did Wole go to? Wole, if you want to come up. As Jeff is gone on sabbatical, I want you to know that these thoughts are not just mine. Um, we're going to have different speakers coming up throughout the next seven weeks. And um, some shepherds and some aren't, and, and me a few more times. But these are the thoughts of the shepherds as well. And so I'm going to invite Wally to come up and just share, um, share his, uh, he's got a few thoughts he wanted to share, but also a prayer as we move forward being spirit-led. Thank you, Jeremy. Again, I want, I want to wish you Happy New Year. And uh, I believe this is going to be a very uh, good year for us. A year of great and mighty works of God in our lives and in our church community. Um, Jeremy has spelled out you know, the values that we as shepherds and as ministers would in expect that you know we have in this church moving forward and one of the values is as i said here the spirit led prayerfully following the direction of god and i want to emphasize the importance of prayer you know and that's what i want to share with you this, this uh, just briefly before i pray i mean we saw in the, the uh, from acts that he has shared with us what happened when spirit was leading and they you know they started with prayer as we had and then they continued in prayer, and in fervent prayer, and even their prayers, as we, as we also had at the time, shook the building that they, you know where they were staying. They had that uh, desire to pray, and they have the desire to listen to God. Just you know, pray and say a prayer, and then just go away. But just pray, listen to what the Lord says, and then you know the Spirit moves, and then you you move on with the Spirit. So the, it's very, very important for us as Christians to, to have enough time to pray. And just not praying, just saying the word, but praying intently, praying you know, fervently, praying committedly, and listening to God, what God has to say to us. So I want to share with you some few thoughts. Um, some people feel that, well, prayers, I don't know how to pray, or you know, my prayers are weak, or something like that. But I want you to, to see what, uh, you know, uh, Max Lucado said in one of his uh, books. He says, in, you know, when you pray, he says, our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since, our, since the power of prayer is in the one who hears and not in the one who says it, our prayers make a difference. So we, we pray to God who hears it and is the one that is working, you know, that purpose or wonders in our lives. It is not 
just what we say or how we say it, you know, maybe so perfectly or not so perfectly, but wait on God to, 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 to do the, his work in our lives. So um, I have listed some few things that we can do as, you know, as a community of believers, some of, some of which we, can, we have been doing all along, you know, but just to emphasize it and to encourage us to do more, you know, like praying together, you, you know, Having a prayer partner, for instance, you know, either a prayer partner, a friend, or a, an elder to pray with, or even your spouse, you know, to pray with, it's very, very important for us as as, as we grow in our you know Christian uh, uh, life. It's very, very important. And then we have our connect groups and huddle groups. We want you to be able to pray together. You know, take the light, maybe the first or the last ten minutes or so. Have some time to pray, meaningful prayers, intent prayers, you know, fervent prayers, intentional, you know, and consistent. It's very important, consistent prayer. So, and then we also meet on Saturdays, first Saturday of the month, every Saturday, first Saturday of the month, we meet together to pray. And we invite everyone to, to, you know, to join us, to join us, you know. You will see that flyers are sent out every, every uh, month about the prayer. I want to thank members who have been very consistent in praying well, during the prayer chain for 24 hours. You know, some people are taking some slots which in prayer, which is very, very nice. We want that to continue to happen. And as well, we want you to join us. You know, this just one hour prayer uh, at, at the first Saturday of the, of, of the month, first Saturday of the month. The first one is coming up this coming Saturday because first Saturday was the first of uh, January. So left that for everyone to enjoy with the families. But this coming Saturday, the 9th, we'll have the first uh, meeting. This time it's good to be on Zoom, so it's very convenient for many of us, you know, to join. So let's make it make time, you know, to join and pray with others. It's very important. And let's also have time to pray as one, as individuals, listening to God, you know, praying and listening to God. And then God moves us to do his, his, his work see science following as it's, you know, it's still the same God today. He can work the same thing through us. So we just need to be consistent, we need to be committed, and we need to be fervent in our prayers. So uh, having said that, uh, I just want to lead us in a just a short word of prayers. So pray with me please. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You gave us life, and by your grace, we are what we are today. Thank you for all that you have done for us in the past year, and thank you for this new year, 2022, in which we all look forward to a renewed commitment to you. Father, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Fill our hearts with the desire to be led always by your Holy Spirit to follow wherever you lead us, to be more like Jesus in loving and caring for one another and for our community. Make this year a, a year of gladness, a year of progress, a year of praise, and a year of service, of witness for your love. Father, we lift up our fellow brothers and sisters who need a spe your special touch at this time. We pray for those 
for special blessings from you, for comfort and strength, which only you can give. Please bless them with your peace and be with us as we go into the world that we will continue to be little Jesuses and that we will proclaim your, 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 your power, your love, and show, power, show forth your love and your, and your, and your, and your, your majesty for people to see and understand that you are God and in you we have our being. Bless us in all that we do this, this week and always. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.